If your lawn looks like mine, then you might need some help. If your lawn looks great, it's important you try to keep it that way. We're going to be talking uh, fertilizer on this month's town topics. I'm joined by Jamie Magaldi. He is the operations manager for Wilmington DPW. He's also the tree warden in town. Jamie, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Uh, I guess, you know, we'll get to the fertilizer section of this in a minute, but let's just kind of talk about your role in town. Um, some people I've talked to, I say um, we're having the town, the tree warden on. The, the town has a tree warden. <laughs> and, and so kind of talk, talk to people about what your job is and, and what you do in town. Right, uh, so thank you. Uh, I'm the operations manager for the DPW, so basically I'm in charge of managing the five different divisions of DPW. That's highway, cemetery, parks and grounds, tree department, uh, fleet maintenance, and also our water and sewer distribution system. Um, because I'm also a certified arborist, I hold the title of tree warden. Every town in the state is required by law to have a tree warden. A lot of people don't know that. Um, so we are in charge of our public shade trees in town, any tree that's on town property. We'll look at that for risk assessment and uh, just general health of the tree. Okay, and that's uh, this, your your background is is in that. Yeah, so I um, I do have a license in uh, I'm a professional civil engineer for the state of Massachusetts and also a mass certified arborist. Okay, so let's talk about the fertilizer. These um, the regulations we're talking about today are fairly new within the past couple of years. Right. Um, and, and I think a lot of people might not be aware that they exist. Um, so let's just talk. You know, overview. You know, where do they come from and what do they say? Right, so in 2012, Mass Legislature uh, passed an act called the Act Relative to Plant Nutrients. And the act required the Mass Department of Agricultural Resources, known as MDAR, to uh, pass regulations for the proper and efficient use of fertilizers, essentially, on lawns. And the interesting part of this is that I don't believe that they were advertised too well at the state level. So not only do they apply to commercial applicators like landscapers, but also, if you're a homeowner and you're using fertilizer, they also apply to you. Okay. We're going to get to the homeowner aspect of it in a second, but, but I guess just talked about how the regulations impact the DPW. Right. So as part of DPW, again, we maintain about 40 acres of playing fields in town, so the regulations certainly affect us as we're feeding our fields. Uh, but on the flip side of that as well, our highway department and our engineering department are in charge of um, our EPA permit to maintain our town drainage system, and that's called an MS4 permit. It stands for Municipal Separate Stormwater System. Essentially, it's your collection of runoff in the street from rain that goes into catch basins in the street and eventually makes its way to streams. So as part of that permit, we're required to um, talk about public education for trying to keep that stormwater clean as it gets into a stream. And I think we have a graphic that, that you sent our way about this, about, about yes. how to how to keep away from poor storm stormwater quality. I want right. to kind of take a look at that so we can we can look perhaps at, at, at what this what this graphic means and, and how it relates to what, what you're looking for. Sure. Well, the whole concept is to try to reduce uh, eutrophication. And what that is, is um, as excessive nu uh, nitrogen and phosphorus are introduced into the stormwater system by runoff, um, that uh, those nutrients make their way down an impervious surface such as a driveway or a road eventually get into our town's drainage system through catch basins and eventually into a stream or a river. And what happens, those nutrients will create what's known as an algae bloom in the water. And um, that's basically just microscopic plant material. And as that plant material breaks down, microorganisms are eating it to try to break it down. And just like as you and I exert ourselves, we use a lot of oxygen. Well, they're exerting themselves when they're eating the plants down. So they're stripping the water of all this valuable oxygen, and what happens then is the fish and other aquatic life that rely on that oxygen will die out. So that is kind of the whole point of this, is try to reduce um, eutrophication and reduce the amount of extra nutrients that are bypassing your lawn as you're putting too much down and making their way into a stream. 
And I'd imagine in a town like Wilmington that has a number of rivers going through town, has Silver Lake, that this is especially important in, in a place like this where it has sure. a lot of water waterways? It certainly is. Not only that, but um, we're part of the Ipswich River watershed. So any drain in town is essentially leads to a brook, which eventually gets to a river that leads to the Ipswich River and eventually to the ocean. So it not only affects Wilmington, but it also affects any part of that watershed as it makes its way to the east. Okay, so talk talk to homeowners for a second. Um, as someone who uses fertilizer or mylon, or I'm not sure exactly what I should be doing. And uh, I go to the the hardware store. I pick up a bag of fertilizer a couple, you know, a few times a year, and I put it on my lawn. Uh, but the, there's there's more to it than that, and that's in these regulations. And so I guess just let's just walk through a couple of those regulations and what people who who want to make sure their lawn's taken care of the right way. Sure. What, what do they need to do? Well, anytime you buy a bag of fertilizer, there are essentially three numbers on the bottom of the bag or the back that you want to check out, and those are called ma macronutrients, N, P, and K. I think we have a graphic on this as well. We're going to pull that up in a second okay. here. Um, but just to talk about the first um, regulation, it has to do with phosphorus. Mm -hmm. And if you're looking at the graphic here, this is just a generic bag of uh, starter fertilizer. Again, the three numbers are N, P, and K, standing for nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. So in this example, the 20-20-10 actually stands for 20% nitrogen, 20% phosphorus, and 10% potassium. So to just make real round numbers here, if this were a 40-pound bag of fertilizer, what it's saying is that 20% of this bag is nitrogen, or 8 pounds. 20% is phosphorus, or 8 pounds. And 10% is potassium. So the first regulation says that anytime you're using a phosphorus-based fertilizer, such as a starter fertilizer, you can only use it when your lawn either calls for it through a soil test or if you're trying to establish lawn from, from new seed. Mm -hmm. So in other words, people that are putting down starter fertilizer on an established lawn just to get an extra boost of green are breaking the law. Okay. And, and um, you said the other way is if their soil test says that they need it, but that would be something that they would actually have to go through a process uh, to get their soil tested to know that they need it. Right. And I, I kind of equate it to going to the doctor. You wouldn't expect your doctor to give you a treatment plan for your health without taking blood work, right? It's the same thing for your lawn. Uh, it's always advantageous to get a soil test done before you put down any fertilizer. You might find out in the long run that you're saving money by not putting down as much because your soil may already be rich in certain nutrients that you don't need to put down. And I think that's an important one for people. This isn't just about the environment, which is important, but there's also a financial part of this that they could be saving money by, by not getting, you know, by, by getting something that they actually need and not something that there's too excessive. Absolutely. And the other part of that is in New England, most New England soils tend to be a little bit acidic, meaning that they're just shy of about 6.5 6 in the pH scale. And to correct that, a lot of times all you need is um, calcium bicarbonate, also known as lime, to really boost that pH up a little bit. And lime is certainly cheaper than fertilizer and it's not as detrimental on the environment. I want to get back to the consumer part in a second, but since we're talking about the soil tests, how do I get a soil test? Is it something, a kit that I buy or is it someone I call? How do I do that? That's a great question. There are kits you can buy uh, at the hardware stores. Um, however, I find that the more accurate method and sometimes the cheaper method is just to use the UMass Extension Office. Um, University of Massachusetts offers the service for $15. Anybody can take a soil sample of their own lawn. The, the instructions on how to do it are right on the website at UMass. And essentially, you want to just take a couple samples from your own lawn, mix it together into a five-gallon pail, dry out the sample, and the UMass lab only needs about a cup worth of material to give you a thorough analysis of what's in your soil. 
Okay, and then from there you can determine what kind of fertilizer you need and how much you need? That's right. So um, one of the other requirements actually of the law is that you're not allowed to put down um, excessive nutrients that go beyond the um, um, generalizations from UMass Amherst. So in other words, one of the requirements is that you're not supposed to put down more than two to four pounds per thousand square feet of nitrogen on your lawn. And um, you know there are some other interesting um, requirements on that website as well that you would want to check into. So phosphorus you might not need, so be careful of that. Nitrogen, there are limits on that, and Correct. so you need to be careful Your about soil that. test isn't going to really tell you too much about the nitrogen. Mm -hmm. um, plants over time have evolved to really suck up as much nitrogen as they see out there. Um, and sometimes they do that at the expense of some of the other more beneficial nutrients. And the analogy that I sometimes use is that if you had a buffet table out for your child and you had a candy bar in one corner and broccoli and carrots on the other, um, at least the children I know are going to go for the candy bar, candy bar first. And that quick boost of energy w might make you think that they're nourishing themselves because they're running around the room. But in essence, they're not really doing anything for their disease tolerance. Mm -hmm. um, or their general health, and it's the same thing. If you give a plant too much nitrogen, it's, it's eating up all that nitrogen first, and it might not be uh, getting as much potassium as it needs to really go through a drought tolerance or a health, um, okay. overall health. One of the other uh, regulations that's out there is something that uh, I always read on the backs of these bags is to make sure that if any of this ends up on the sidewalks, your driveway, you're supposed to sweep it back onto the lawn. Why, that, why is that right. so important? Uh, it's important, and number one, because just about everyone I've ever seen that fertilizes their property never does it. And on a hard surface, whenever it rains, um, that material is just sliding right off your driveway, getting into the street, and directly getting into the drainage system. It's one of the number one ways that eutrophication can occur. So okay. that is one of the requirements. Um, you, it's tough to think about right now in the middle of summer, but but no fertilizer in the winter months. Yeah, you know, not a, not a big problem here, but I guess it does happen in March or, it, or February. It certainly does. And if you think back, sometimes we have a January thaw or a um, a real mild February, and some of the hardware stores are already stocking their material and may even put it on sale to try to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. But it is against the law to apply fertilizer anytime between December 1st and March 1st. Okay. And that's essentially because the ground is still even partially frozen, even if we have a few warm days. So that material is just not going to make its way into the root system where it's supposed to go, and it will run off into the streams. And then the, the other one that you, you, you pointed out here was um, from a, a retailer standpoint that they, they have to keep certain fertilizers away from each other to try to make it easier on consumers to make sure they're, they're buying what they need. That's correct, and this is very interesting because out of all the hardware stores I've ever been to, and as a homeowner I've been to quite a few, I've only seen one that's actually abiding by this law. And the law is twofold. Um, the retailers are not allowed to put phosphorus-containing fertilizers in the same area as um, fertilizers that don't contain phosphorus. Uh, they just, the point of the law is to try to not confuse the consumer. And the second part of that is that they are supposed to post a, uh, post a sign that alerts the um, the buyer of these laws that n not many people know about. Yeah. So, so you're you're for the consumer if the if the retailer is not doing this, you're looking for that zero in the middle, that middle number for no phosphorus. That's right. Yep. And uh, again, with phosphorus, you can only put it down if the soil test calls for it. Mm -hmm. uh, but essentially, your lawn, if it already has enough phosphorus in it, 
ultimately the extra phosphorus that you add to it is just simply going to leach out almost instantly into the ground. Okay, good to know. Uh, if people want to learn more about this, you've got a, a workshop coming up at the end of August, right? That's right. Uh, we're doing a workshop with the Wilmington Public Library um, August 29th. It's a Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. It's a free workshop. And uh, you do need to um, register to get in, and you can do that by going to the Wilmington Public uh, Library website, www.wilmlibrary.org. Mm -hmm or calling the library to reserve a spot. Okay, and that's going to be similar to what we talked about today. There'll be some q and I'm sure, from There'll people. There'll be Q&A. We'll be going into it a little bit uh, in further detail, giving some good tips to homeowners on how they can not only improve their lawn's appearance, but also save money at the same time. Great. Something everybody who owns a house in here in town could, could probably learn. Uh, anything else you want to add today? Uh, the only other thing I'd like to add is that um, if you're interested in what we talked about today, I'd like you to go to the Wilmington DPW website. We have a link under Public Works. Uh, stormwater that you can uh, click on and take a quick tutorial slash quiz that has to do with fer fertilizer regulations. Um, the results are tracked and we report our uh, results back to the state on our stormwater education outreach efforts. Okay, great. Um, Jamie, I usually end my shows with a couple of, of, uh, of more fun questions and sure. so we're going to end it that way today. Um, being the tree warden and being an arborist, I was curious, do you have a favorite type of tree? Uh, that's a great question. Um, one of my favorite types is actually the Kusa dogwood. It's a small uh, ornamental tree. They don't get too large. The bark is an exfoliating bark, so it peels off. And anytime you see a tree with peeling bark, you think there's a disease. But uh, this is actually something that's meant to happen. It's a very uh, interesting looking tree that does flower. Do we have it locally? Uh, we have a few in town. Um, they're not uh, Typically a dogwood is actually native to the middle of the woods. They like to grow under tree canopy. So anytime that you have a um, a stand of maybe large pine trees, you might find some dogwoods underneath them. Okay, interesting. Uh, what's the last movie you saw? Was it any good? Uh, as the father of two young girls, it must have been a Disney movie, and I probably slept through half of it, so I couldn't tell you. Good answer. I'm probably <laughs> in the same boat as you. Uh, and it's, it's vacation season for a lot of people. Uh, would you rather go to the ocean, go to the mountains, somewhere in between? Yeah, great question. Um, as a kid, I grew up on uh, summered on a lake, so I would probably say mountains. But as of uh, lately, I've been spending a lot of time in the ocean. like to surf, and I uh, really can't get enough of it. So anytime I have a day off, that's where I'd be. Great. Thanks so much for coming All on, right. Jamie. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it. And uh, again, that, that workshop is on August 29th at the library. You can learn a lot more and get, get some of your questions answered. So uh, certainly uh, something to keep in mind of to help your, help your lawn grow. And thank you so much for watching this month's edition of Town Topics. Uh, you can watch this episode online at wctv.org and on our government channel. We'll see you again next time. Take care.